we've been going to our one grandson's rec basketball games, uh, middle school age kids, and it's a good time to really be learning more about the game and how it's played and how it's not played. And some of the refs are really very good at helping them out, helping them out at that. That they'll, you know, maybe show them, you know, you should have done this or it's better if you do that or whatever. And others, well, not so much. And this is the second year that Noah's played and he's played with the same kids. And so you can see the improvement and consistently means a lot. Even though sometimes repetition can be boring, it can pay off. Now, when I was playing middle school basketball, the coach that we had, you had to make, I think it was at least 14 out of 21 free throws before you were done for the day. And for some of us, that was hard. For some of us, that was easy. You could make 18 or 20 out of 21. Well, for most of 2023, I was reading the book of Proverbs every day. And each time I did, I used the different versions. And starting the end of 2023 and then last month, I read through uh, the Psalms each day. And again, a different version each time. And each time it was a little different but it kept getting more familiar for me in what I was reading. Now, I'm not one of those, according to Nahum chapter 2, verse 3, or whatever, this is what the Lord says, and, you know, and that's great. You know, I certainly don't have a problem with that. But I'm more of the, you know, Jesus said in the gospel someplace kind of guy. Okay, and I can give you the excuse, you know, I'm just not good at memorizing. Maybe that's why I never went into acting, among other reasons. Although I did know my lines from the senior play. I managed to memorize those. So at this, life, at this point in life, I, of course, can use the excuse, well, I'm just too old, which has some truth to it. Now, I could memorize scripture. If I put my mind to it, if I committed to the repetition that it would take, I know if I did this, I would be a better person, certainly be a better Christian. So for now, and probably in the rest of my days, I'm just going to kind of continue in my pattern. Well, hopefully my grandson will get better at basketball. He likes to play, and he's pretty good. But he's going to practice those free throws. Let's pray. Father, we just give you thanks for all that you mean to us. And we thank you for your word and how important it is. You know, even though it was written hundreds, thousands of years ago, that, Lord, it still rings true today. And so, Father, help us to make it more and more a part of our lives. So we will have that to lean on when we need it, which is every day. So Lord, help me to do a better job of that. So as we look at your word today, Father, help us to hear the message that you have for us and to take it to heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, this is another one of those times when I think I know it all. 
well, not not that I'm a know-it-all, but I think I know all about a certain topic. And then I find out how little I know. <clears throat> you know, the Bible is like that, a tremendous teacher. You know, there was a few places I was aware of concerning this topic, but as I started looking more and more, there's enough to do at least a two-part series. Although, I'm going to do the Reader's Digest version, and it's going to be in one message. So I'm going to begin with James chapter 3, which, when you hear it, you'll know that that was an obvious place to start. The passage really points out our main problem, at least my main problem. When, and this is James 3, verses 3 to 6, when we put bits into the mouths of the horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships, for example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Now, that's a passage that you may be familiar with, and it's a passage that's very true. Okay, I want to add verses 9 and 10 to that, and this I got from the message. It says, with our tongues, we bless God our Father. With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women he made in his image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth. You know, I'm as guilty as the next person. And by curses, it doesn't mean vulgar language. Uh, not in every case, but certainly does sometimes. But what it's talking about more is the gossip, you know, the backstabbing, the misrepresenting yourself or others, and the slander. That's what James is trying to get us to realize that we certainly don't need in our lives. Well, earlier in James' letter, he said this in chapter 1, verse 26. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Those are pretty strong words, but that's good, because those who consider themselves religious, pastors, church leaders, authors, speakers, they need to know that their tongues are maybe going to deceive themselves if they're not keeping that tight rein that James tells us we need. But we all need to watch our tongues, not just those that consider themselves religious. But we want to be heard, but we want the truth to be heard. So let's take a look at some place we know we'll find wisdom concerning this topic. And you guessed it, the book of Proverbs. Let's start with chapter 18, verse 21. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. 
excuse me, when I read that verse, the thing that first comes to my mind is Jesus standing before Pilate. You know, Pilate questioned him more than once and then finally realized that he was going to have to turn Jesus over to those that wanted to murder him. But Pilate pretty much said, you know, I think this man's innocent, but you go ahead and cruise him anyways. Now, Pilate could have, if it was God's will, said, no, I'm letting him go. But we know that that's not the way the story had to go. So let's look at another aspect of this topic. Okay, and this is in Proverbs 18 as well, verses 6 and 7 where we're given some wisdom that I need. It says, The lips of fools bring them strife, and their mouths invite a beating. The mouths of fools are their undoing, and their lips are a snare to their very lives. Our lips and our mouths. They can cause much, much grief for ourselves and for others. Now, in Psalm 141, Davis, David tells us something that we should all be praying. At least I know I should. In Psalm 141, verse 3, David says, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. That's pretty powerful words. Okay? What he's saying is, or what I would be saying is, Lord, help me to not take your name in vain. Now, we hear all the time, you know, the OMG, you know, and people aren't saying what we may think they're saying, but it's still taking the Lord's name in vain. Lord, help me to not lie. You know, to know what the truth is and to tell the truth. Sometimes the truth hurts, but don't let me lie. Lord, keep me from telling dirty jokes, okay? I remember there was a time in my life when, you know, that was me because I wouldn't get a laugh and people would like me because of listening to what I had to say. Lord, help me to not gossip about others or to not make fun of anyone. You know, to just make comments that, you know, are just totally not necessary. You know, I imagine we've all been there at some time. Well, in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, Jesus tells us this. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. If your heart is full of cursing and lies and jealousy and pride, that's what you're going to speak. You know, I worked for 10 years as a corrections officer in the county jail. And, you know, just the, the dirty language and the jokes and the everything, and, you know, got pretty vulgar sometimes. And the prisoners were sometimes even worse. But, you know, if you're around that, sometimes you kind of fall into it. You know, like, you know, hey, everybody else is doing it. Don't we hear that sometimes? 
Well, Paul writes a letter to the church in Ephesus. And in chapter 4, verse 29, this is what he says. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Okay, to me, is this is gossip, okay? Only say what's going to build others up. You know, sometimes us Christians, we like to say, well, you know, I'm just sharing these prayer concerns. Okay, or somebody might say, you know, we really need to keep Sister Doris in prayer. And that's fine. But if you go on and say, I heard her husband's running around. Well, unless you got proof that her husband's running around, you shouldn't be saying it. And even if you have proof, it's not necessary to share it. But sometimes that's not the way it goes in our Christian circles. A couple more from Proverbs, chapter 26, verse 20. Without wood, fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. How true that is. Okay, a gossip can think, keep things going and going and going and make things totally blown out of proportion. And then in Proverbs 4, 24, it says, Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep a corrupt talk far from your lips. Our mouth and our lips, again. You know, the book of Proverbs speaks many times about this topic, as does the book of Psalms. You know, one time when I was giving a message on this topic at church, I had a paper plate and a tube of toothpaste. And I had this one man come up forward, and he was a dentist, so I thought he would be a good one to do this. So I asked Larry, he says, squeeze all the toothpaste out of this tube onto the plate. And he did. Okay, he got every little bit out of there. So when he was done, I said, okay, now put it back in. Well, you can't do that. Just like the words we speak to someone or speak about someone, you know, once they're said, they can't be taken back. I mean, you can apologize and say you're sorry or, you know, you thought this was true or whatever you may want to say, but it doesn't take those words back. You know, again, you may say you're sorry and the person might say, you know, hey, that's okay but they're not going to forget it because those words sink deep. You know, I remember as a kid, sometimes somebody would say, well, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. No, that's a lie. They do. They hurt. They hurt bad. Okay, let's look at another place where Jesus is talking about this. In Matthew 12, beginning in verse 34. Well, excuse me, 34 and 37. It says, For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of, for your words, for by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Okay, words can bring life or they can bring death. Words can bring healing or it can bring hurt. Root words can speak truth or lies. 
Words can make reconciliation happen or division. So in other words, some of my words will get me acquitted because of the good things that I've said and maybe sometimes the words that I haven't said. But some of my words are going to bring condemnation for me. And being honest, I think we can all say that. In Colossians chapter 3, Paul is telling the church what they need to get rid of in their lives. And two of those things that he brought out were slander and filthy language. So let me go back to Proverbs one more time. Chapter 13, verse 3 says, Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. You know, I could bring many, many more verses, especially from Proverbs, but I think you get the picture. So let's end with something positive. Okay, Romans 10, verses 8 to 10. Again, something that's familiar to many of you. But Paul is quoting Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 14. He says, the word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you and praise you for your word. And Lord, help me to be better at saying your words and not the world's words. Because there's a massive difference between the two. And so Father, help me to, to guard my mouth, to guard my lips, you know, to Put a, a filter someplace between my brain and my mouth so only positive things will come out. Or sometimes nothing will come out, if that's best. So Lord, as your children, we all need to know that. We all need to know that people are listening to what we say, the words that we use, and the, the things that we may be saying that may attack someone else or bring them down. So, Father, help us to get away from that, far, far away. And, Lord, if there's anyone that's listening, Lord, I hope that they listen to your word and uh, what you have to say, and that somehow this will bring them closer to you. So, Father, let them know that you're there for them, that your son died for them, and that you rose him back to life again. And he's coming again. So Lord, let him pray a prayer like this. Dear Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner. And I know I need a Savior. Thank you for Jesus, who died for me. You died for my sin. And Lord, came to life again. Father, I thank you that you love me. Lord, help me to love others the way you love me. In Jesus' name, amen.